Could you do a short dialogue between Luke and the Joker, where Joker So number 59, Tim? You got it. I ain't on the first try. Oh, yeah. See, so I'm batting one now. <laughs> 1.00. I'm one for one. So, uh, yeah, this is Bat Fans Without Pants and Socks and all that other stuff. And uh, we're back for another episode. See, why did you start crying? Because we said we'd be back, so we're back. Right, Tim? Well, technically, since I was the one... Hosting last episode, I never actually said that and didn't tell anyone not to cry. So, since you weren't on the last one to tell them, I guess we can let them slide if they did cry this one time because we didn't officially say it on the last episode. Okay, so if you if you shed some tears, it's all right. We forgive you. But we're back, and uh, Tim is with us. So Tim, how you been, man? I've been good, but I probably could be doing better if I didn't have to say this, and but I have to because. We agreed on it. As we're recording this episode, June 6th, the Yankees in Oakland played this past week, and Oakland took the series two games to one. And so, Dane, I will say to you that your Oakland A's are a better team than my New York Yankees. Oh, that's, that's, that, that's so great. I wish I could just play that over and over and over again back to myself. Well, it's officially on the podcast, so when it goes up, yeah. you just hit repeat all the time on those on that 15 seconds of dialogue right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I was watching, the, I mean, not watching, I was listening to the series, and like, man, what happened to the Yankees, man? It's like they they spent all that money and gave away all, all of their first-round draft picks, yeah. and it hasn't really paid off. They're five games behind the Rays, I think? No, they're, or, they're six games behind the Blue Jays. Yeah, the Blue Jays, yeah, yeah. The the Rays have the worst record in the, M- in the MLB right now. So, man, what happened, Tim? I know, Explain like, that to me. Like you said, the money they spent, except for Tanaka and probably Ellsbury, None of it's paying off. Beltran's on the DL. McCann hasn't been hitting that much. And their offense has just been awful. That's really been what's wrong with them. Their pitching's been okay. The bullpen had a little hiccup in one of the games against Oakland, but they can't score any runs. It's like the most is three the past few games. <laughs> Today they won. They played the Royals. They scored four runs. That's like their high mark for the league. But, yeah, their offense has been just awful. Almost as bad as yeah, yeah, and you know um, – 
You know who McCann reminds me of? He reminds me of Euclid back when uh, the Yankees signed him. Mm, uh, he was supposed to be like this kind of, you know, the veteran guy. I mean, not the veteran guy, but like the guy that, you know, he's supposed to be that extra guy that's supposed to be the the player, the player, you know. Yeah. But he hasn't really been that. Well, he's been on the field, thankfully. Euclid was hurt like the first two weeks or something. <laughs> <laughs> then came back and then was hurt again, and he was done for the rest of the year. <laughs> now he's in Japan. Oh, he's in Japan now. Yeah. <laughs> no team wanted him. Well, he wanted to go. They said he had a few offers, but he mm. said he wanted, I guess, experience the Japan League. I'm surprised Oakland didn't pick him up. Yeah, maybe they were one of them who offered something to him. Oh, yeah, maybe. But, yes, thank you, Tim, for admitting finally that, at least for this season, the A's are better than the than the Yankees. Yes, we'll Except see. for Tanaka. Tanaka is the only good player on that <laughs> team right now. Hopefully I can change my statement if a miracle happens and the Yankees meet Oakland in the postseason and they knock off the A's. Then I could say the Yankees are the better postseason team, <laughs> even though Oakland is a better regular season. Yeah, but it's it, – I mean, I'd be disappointed if that happened, but – not as disappointed as I would be if it was the the, the Tigers again, because <laughs> I mean, two years in a row yeah. they get knocked out in the they, they get knocked out in the the ALDS. That would be pretty tough to take the same team three years in a row. Yeah, in five games, it's like ah. Uh, After good comeback wins too to force a game five. I know that was disappointing, but I mean, hey. That's the Oakland roster is made up. I mean, besides like two or three people, the Oakland roster is made out of made made up of people, of players, of baseball players that were thrown away essentially and were discarded. So, gotta give them props, right? And for good players, they developed on their own too. So they got it both working both ways. Yeah, like Donaldson. It's too bad Machado hates him now. <laughs> Cry baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crybaby. But but we're not crybabies, right, Tim? No, we're, so, we're just babies. <laughs> not crybabies. <laughs> we're just baby nerds, yeah. you know, talking on a podcast on a Friday night. But uh, how about we get into our Darknet Rise? I mean, after you've made your confession and your statement to the whole world, and by the whole world, I mean Alex, Jake, and uh, Corbin, um, it's time it's time to go into our Bad Fans stuff, Darknet Rises stuff commentary. I think that's what we're calling it, right? Yeah, stuff was in there, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of stuff. So um, just get your Blu-ray, DVD, VHS uh, tape, beta tape, HD, DVD. Um, Laserdisc. Laserdisc, your, uh, your, your film. <laughs> You know what? We're actually cleaning some stuff out of storage and we're going through. You know, my brother said things we got a bin of like some of like of all the copies of like VHS tapes of Star Wars I had and my VCDs copies came up there and my younger brother was like, Oh, we gotta throw this out. You're never gonna watch it. I go, No, nope, sorry, we can't do it. <laughs> it just adds to the collection of all the various copies of Star Wars I have. He's all You're an idiot. Fine, next time we watch it, you you can't watch the Blu-ray. You gotta watch these V C D copies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but oh, man, man. Look awful. I mean, yeah, I mean, what does that run on? You could just put it in a DVD player and should play, I think, <laughs> or a PC. Really? Yeah. Oh, 
It's like more than VHS, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, so desperate to get a Star Wars movie on a disc instead of VHS <laughs> when we got those, and then it just looked awful. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. You know, if you're a real Star Wars fan, you, you have to get literally everything that uh, Star Wars comes out on, right? Exactly. I, I don't have the laser disc. I missed out on those since I never had a player. There was like those were around when I was didn't, too young. I didn't have a job to buy any of that stuff. So weren't they really expensive? Yeah, too? I do. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, just get whatever medium you prefer to watch The Dark Knight Rises on, and just uh, go to the 13 minute mark because we're we're on the 13th minute of this track of meaninglessness. <laughs> <laughs> we're the only people doing it hey man it just shows we're the greatest bat fans that uh DC ever had <laughs> what, what more proof do you need than that yeah so so I think we should start saying on every podcast in the beginning uh, uh, the that we're the number one DC certified um podcast just because of our commentary <laughs> Yeah, just because of our commentary. So, with that said, just get it to the 13-minute mark, and I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? I'm all set. Let's do it. All right. Hold on. I got to... You got to queue it up. I got to launch it. (laughs) Yeah, I got to launch it. Well, are you disappointed that you missed minutes 12 to 13? Because you missed so much on the last one, Dan. Do you even know where we're going to (laughs) start? No, I have no idea. I'm sure it's Catwoman. <laughs> Sorry, Selena Kyle. Actually, I believe you missed it. I think you missed it just by a few seconds. <laughs> but we're still on Bruce and Alan. Oh, I did. Oops, All right, I don't so want to get too much away. Spoilers. <laughs> we got about half a minute left. 20 seconds. Selena's ripped off that paper that she had on her dress. And she get it. She got into the car with uh, the senator guy or the congressman. Bruce is looking at the safe. There we go. Okay, I'm ready now. All right. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Hit play. Well, you started on the most exciting part of the movie, I think. Yeah. The safe and <laughs> dusting for prints. And then he lets Alfred have it, of course, <laughs> which was the point I brought up. Why can't Alfred just bring it himself? <laughs> was he really that big? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, he's old. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, we hit our next milestone. You know, stairs are dangerous for old people. <laughs> we finally got John Blake in here. Okay, so we're only missing Batman then. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's still going to be a while. <laughs> I remember this scene was the very first, like, promotional like, completed scene they showed on, like, when Gary Oldman went on talk shows and stuff. So this technically probably was the first full scene of Dark Knight Rises we saw. Or at least I saw, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going to be the last scene for minutes. Nope. Or 13 through 14. (laughs) Yep, so we are done with that. For now, at least. And, um... You know, let me ask you, do you you feel that um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt over, kind of overplays uh, John Blake. No, I don't think so. I thought he, oh. he did a great job with it. Are you scanning that feeling now? 
Or yeah, it's like that. certain scenes, like it, it. It's just certain scenes, like when um, uh, Bane sets off the bomb in the um, in the sewers and stuff. Uh-huh. And um, is it? Uh, I forget his name. Foley. Okay. And Foley like radios him or something, and then he's like. All the cops are trapped underneath the city, and he's like, "Not every cop." And then, like, I, I don't know. It's just his face. Yeah. <laughs> it, maybe I'm just like looking at it too hard or watching it too hard. And I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with the uh, with the one scene where um, it, it comes out that, or uh, Blake learns that uh, Batman took the fall for Two Face, uh-huh. and he says something like, um, "Like." Oh, man, what does he say? Is it the, your hands look pretty filthy to me? Yeah, yeah, your hands look pretty filthy to me. And it's like that whole that whole scene it feels like he's overacting, but maybe it's just me. Yeah, maybe I think I'm that's just going you. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so enough of that, Tim. Stop with your wa- wasting of time. <laughs> Let's get into our future topic, all right? All right, all right. I'll stop bringing up John's Lake. <laughs> Yeah, I've been waiting to have this conversation with you for a while since you sent me a text about how you think It's Never Too Late is the greatest Batman animated series episode, in your opinion. And for me, I've said this before, I think Robin's Reckoning Part 1 is the best episode of Batman the Animated Series. So I thought it would be fun to have a friendly debate, I guess, <laughs> where we think, say why we think each episode is the best. So I think those listeners who've heard me talk about Robin's Reckoning before know why, for the most part, think it's the best, but... Why do you feel so strongly about It's Never Too Late? Because I'll just say right now, honestly, it's never been one of my favorite episodes, even though it's not bad yeah. and I don't think it's awful or anything. It's just one that never comes to mind when I think my favorite Batman the Animated Series episodes, even though I know it gets a lot of praise from fans. Well, actually, it doesn't because, I mean, I, I was reading some reviews for that one that one episode online, and a lot of people don't like it. And Really? Because I'm... Uh, I think there's a common. Uh, I think the common consensus is because um, the second half kind of falls off the rails, whereas the first half is a little bit better. The second half is, you know, it's a little shaky, and it, and people claim that it, it it tries to capture what the two um, two face episodes did. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't see it personally. Well, this but, um, or two face, I believe. Oh, it did? Yeah. No, it it aired after it. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It's like actually the next episode after see, Two-Face Part 2. You see, I know more about wow, I, uh, the animated series. That was an epic fail for me right there. <laughs> um, uh, I just lost a lot of cred for being a hardcore animated series fan. <laughs> I'm going to kick myself with the rest of the night. Bruce Tim would be disappointed. Yes. I would make him cry again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, go- going back to your question, I, th- I think it would be better if I if I told you what I didn't like about Robin's Reckoning. Okay. Now it's a great episode. The storytelling in it is great. I mean, I, I th- there's nothing on par with that, and it's kind of hard to do this because. You know, you have an episode that's held to the highest regard, and then you have another episode that people don't really know about, and, you know, the people that do know about it kind of, I don't know, not bash it, but 
uh, criticize it a little bit. So, um, but anyway, I got off the topic again too. <laughs> but um, the reason why uh, Robin's Reckoning isn't my favorite episode is because of the voice actor who plays Robin. I've never liked him. And really? I feel, I feel like, wow. like, yeah, I feel like John Blake or just Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I feel he overplays it. Wow, you're shocking me right now. I can't believe I'm hearing this. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great storytelling. It's I mean, Kevin Conroy's great in it. Um, and you know, the storytellers set up everything so perfectly. And I'm so glad it's two episode um story. And but. It's it's just the the guy that plays Robin. I it's it's like he's trying to. I mean, it's clearly a grown man trying too hard to be to play a younger man, you know. So I mean, it's just. I mean, I know it's not the popular opinion, right, Tim? No, it's not. I'm, I'm really shocked right now to hear you say that <laughs> because to me, Lord Lester's like right. There's a third one after Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. It's Lauren Lester, great voice actor in that series. It's me, he is Dick Grayson. His voice fits it perfectly. And especially in particular that episode where I thought he did such a great job acting. So I'm shocked to hear you say that, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like John Blake where he just delivers some lines. And, and I understand why they got him, but he just delivers some lines in that episode, in, in the two episodes. That just feels so forced and so, you know, out there. I mean, specifically, the last line of the first part, I feel that he just oversells it. Where he says, not this time, maybe never again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome how he delivers it. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it, I mean, no offense to you, Tim, or any other hardcore bat having the animated series fans, but I don't think he's a good voice actor. I really don't. I am in utter shock that I can't even speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for this when I thought it was <laughs> I was not expecting to hear this revelation from you, Dana. But yeah. besides that, I love, Robin's <laughs> yeah, I love Robin's Reckoning. Both parts. I, I feel they're all, they're they're both equally great. I can't really pick one more than the other. So I I feel that they're great uh cartoons. So for as far as it's never too late, I mean now I guess you picked apart Robin Duck, I'll pick apart it's never too late. <laughs> the thing that have that always got me when I was a little kid watching it even so now is just it always felt a little too slow paced. I mean, I get what they're trying to do with the story. It was it was pretty good, but it was focusing on two mob bosses instead of typical Batman villains, which is cool to see. Batman is fighting the mob bosses. But then I just thought during the end is where I really thought it kind of didn't, like you said, it didn't, I wouldn't say fall off the rails, but I don't know, it just didn't end very strong. Because we got Batman taking Stromwell like on a tour, kind of like a Christmas carol with the three ghosts, <laughs> Uh, showing Scrooge the different events that are going on. He's like showing Stromwell his like his son and like what what his empire is doing to Gotham and all that and his family. And then we get this like a lackluster action sequence with Batman and Thorns Man while Stromwell has uh, is reunited with his brother. 
where it, it, it is a touching moment, but the thing that kills it for me was that we get the flashback sequence all over again that we saw in the beginning with him and his brother in the train tracks. And in, in this version, at the end, we see what happens to my brother, how he, he lost his leg. But we had to sit through pretty much the entire beginning of that flashback again, which I felt made that end sequence drag on a bit. Then it just kind of ended, like, abruptly. Thorne, like, interrupts the moment as Stromwell is in tears, hugging his brother, which was acted really well. It was a great moment there. But it just ends real abruptly. Thorne has his, like, Tommy gun ready to shoot out, and Batman comes, lays a kick down on Thorne, and then the cops show up, and then Stromwell just says, I have a statement to give, and that's it. <laughs> it just ended real quickly. I just didn't like how the whole finale played out, mainly with that thing that flashback all over again. It just certain things about the episode made it drag on for me, despite in its core having a pretty good story and pretty serious subject matter, too, because you got dealing with his son and in rehab with drug addictions and like wife leaving him and all that. So there's pretty some serious stuff for a children's animated series, but. In the end, like I said, just one that never stuck out to me when I think of my favorite episodes. Well, you see, like, everything you just mentioned right there is the reason why I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I like it because it's one of those Batman the Animated Series episodes that essentially doesn't need Batman, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that that story does not need Batman in it. Batman's in it, but they don't really need him. Um Another point you brought up is, you know, the fact that it is slow-paced and, you know, with all the flashback sequences and everything. But I, I think that plays to the the show's – I mean, the, not the show's, the, the episode's strength because it doesn't need the, – the show doesn't need to be this action-packed, you know, filled with action yeah. kind of thing. You know, it, it can be this – melodrama kind of thing, you know? It, it it doesn't have to be Batman punching Two-Face in the face, you know, or Joker in the face. It, it can be about two separate people, two mob bosses, or a mob boss and his brother or whatever, and you, you can tell a story through that. And another reason I like it is because it's so adult, and maybe it's because you saw it when you were a kid, Tim, that, you know, maybe you were wondering, like, Where's where's Batman and how come Batman's not punching Joker in the face right now or something like that? But to me, that's what makes this uh, episode so great. It's the fact that it doesn't need Batman. It doesn't need the, all all of this action and fighting and whatever. It it can it can just be a guy, you know. Yeah, and then telling a story, you know, it can just be that. Yeah, yeah, I get all that, and I agree with you. Like this episode of the need for a good episode to be good doesn't need just all straight out action. I think with this one, where it just didn't connect with me that much, was I guess it mainly focused on Stromwell and Thorn, which were two characters I've never really been a fan of. And other than the little nitpick I've had, especially in the episode, they say Thor Stromwell is like the old mob boss, and Thorn is the up and coming younger boss trying to take over. But when you look at him, it looks like. Rupert Thorne's older than Stromwell, or at the very least of the same age, so I didn't get that, but I just think in the end, I just didn't get too invested in the story they were telling with Stromwell and mainly focusing on him. But, like, all the points you said, yeah, it is serious, which is great. I think the reason why I think Robin Reckoning is the best, it's kind of the same thing where you have a fun action sequence in the beginning at the construction site. That's really about it, and we get a little bit with Bruce or Batman infiltrating uh, uh, ironically enough, Stromwell's house <laughs> to try to find out where Zuko's at. 
But really, it's not that that episode's not heavy action either. Can, can I stop you right there real okay. quick? Because you know how you were saying that uh, it's never too late is slow. Uh, I feel that Robin's reckoning, Robin's reckoning is really slow, especially after Dick's parents die. Yeah, and here's the thing, though. This is why, for me anyway, I think it's better because it's focusing on Dick and Bruce's beginning of their relationship, which I love, which to me is a lot stronger than focusing on Stromwell and what he's going through, which is why, in my opinion, I think it's above it's never too late, even though they're kind of telling a more serious story. And we're seeing the beginning of, like, the relationship that Batman and Robin are going to have, which we know is going to be a great one to see. So seeing the beginnings of that, and we get that great moment at the end where Bruce tells uh, Dick that the same thing happened to him as a kid, and they have that embrace, and the like, really beginning of the trust that they're going to have and the partnership they're going to have down the line. So great moments like that, and just how it focuses on Dick Grayson and Bruce's relationship just beginning is why I like it more than uh, It's Never Too Late, where it's just focusing on a crime boss where I'm not too invested in. Yeah, on on one hand, I agree with you, Tim, but like on the other one, it's like we have so many comic stories about Bruce and Dick, you know, building the relationship. But on the other hand, we don't have a, a lot of stories, Batman stories that take place within the Batman universe that show a person's life. Like that has nothing to do with Batman besides the fact that he's a mobster and he's a bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I think what you're saying about how we've seen so many stories of Dick's origin is true. This one, the animated series, does it the best. So <laughs> maybe that's why I put it so high, too, where this is the greatest telling of Bruce and uh, Bruce Hagen and Dick and his origin as Robin. Miles above Batman forever, to say the least, <laughs> what we've seen on screen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I can see, I mean, look, they're both great episodes. Yeah. That, you know, are part of one of the greatest animated series in the history of television. So, I mean, we're, we're really picking, you know, we're picking at hairs here, you know. Yeah. We're splitting hairs, <laughs> I should say. I mean, when someone asks you what's your favorite Batman the Animated Series episode, if you say Robin's Reckoning or you say it's never too late, no one's ever going to say, really? Those ones? <laughs> I mean, I know you said you've seen a lot of people not say it's never too late is their favorite, but... Yeah. At least on a few times or some message boards I've read in the past, and this is probably going back 10, 15 years ago, I've seen it get a lot of praise and respect of saying, oh, this is one of the more better episodes. But maybe the times change, and <laughs> I guess maybe new audiences who see it aren't uh, too engrossed in it or don't view it as highly as other ones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what if I said uh, my favorite uh, animated series episode was I've got Batman in my basement. <laughs> then you would get really that episode, or even more hot <laughs> said to you than that. <laughs> Are you saying why that one? <laughs> but but you know, sp- speaking of the the animated series, um, what's the name of the episode where Bruce goes into the looks like a concentration camp or a uh, prison camp or something? Forgotten. Though yeah, the forgotten. That's a that's a pretty good underrated episode. Yeah, so, that doesn't really get a lot of attention. That's true. Yeah, I definitely think that one's underrated. I like that one a lot. 
I mean, it's, it's a different episode, to say the least. I mean, when you see it, you're kind of thinking, man, I can't believe this is a Batman episode, because he's right. not even Batman that all much in it. And when he's Bruce Wayne, he's in disguise, so he has this gray hair or white hair <laughs> throughout the whole episode. But, man, my favorite scene in that episode, I just love it, is where he gets his memory back, where the uh, his prison mate, uh, Riley, is in the oven, <laughs> which is the boss likes to say it. And he just starts crying and says, I lost my family. And then that triggers Bruce to get his memory back. And we get that cool, like, vision in his head where his dad's lifting him up. Right. But then he doesn't catch him. And then bats come and we see Batman. I just love that. It's just awesome. <laughs> see, we can't agree on yes. something. <laughs> <laughs> but now we got to have uh, Corbin, Jake, and Alex let us know which episode. Uh, they're all going to pick Robin's Reckoning. I can... Okay. I can tell you right now, they're all, they're all going to think of Robin's Reckoning. Which is why I said that, because I know they're going to say that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you never so, know. So is, Rob, is, is Robin's Reckoning really your favorite episode? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely my favorite for the original series, but when you get to the new adventures of Batman, it's kind of a toss-up yeah. between that and Over the Edge. Cause even though it's still a dream, I know it gets knocked for that, but there's still some pretty awesome stuff in that episode. <laughs> Just seeing, like, yeah. what if last story of Batman. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's probably it's never too late. Uh, followed by you know, you know, it's a really close second, but uh, the first part of the Two Face mm-hmm. yeah, episodes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a few podcasts ago, maybe like way early, wasn't Perchance the Dream pretty high up there? Or yeah, but I don't know. I I just rewatched. You know, it's never too late, and I don't, it's. It's my favorite episode. Yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't hide that fact. But uh, That's happened to me where you watch an episode. To me, the episode that did that to me was Appointment in Crime Alley, where it's, it never was one of my favorites as a kid, but then rewatching it, was like, it jumped to number two for me after Robin's running. <laughs> so I could definitely relate. I mean, it's like picking your favorite song. Like, yeah, I can say, you know, uh, Say It Ain't So is my favorite song today, but... You know, you ask you ask me next next episode, and it could be something else. You yeah, know? See, I can't, I don't, I can't say I have an all-time favorite song. I think that's impossible for me to answer. <laughs> I mean, I could say I have a favorite song by a particular group, but it's like all-time favorite song. I see. I don't think I can answer that. <laughs> Is it um, Calm Original by Three Eleven? <laughs> that's your favorite song? No, it's not. My favorite Three Eleven song is one called Uncalm. <laughs> oh. It's because that's the only 311 song I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's called original. You gotta, you definitely gotta hear more. <laughs> well, they're kind of like a rap rock kind of thing. Yeah, yeah uh, rap rock, reggae, yeah. ska. <laughs> they're all over the place, which is why I love them so much. Yeah, whatever happened to ska, man? Yeah, that went away really fast. Yeah, I wish it lasted longer. I still like ska stuff. I mean, sometimes it can sound the same with the horns and everything, but I just love those ska guitar riff and bass lines that they have with it. Or, or the good yeah. bands, anyway. <laughs> but yeah. remember the swing music phase. I think that was the quickest. <laughs> that, like, lasted oh, yeah, six you're months. right. What was that guy's name? That He, he was, like, the head of, like, Brian... Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah, Brian Setzer. <laughs> <laughs> he only had, like, one hit. Right? No, but you see, he's in the group of Stray Cats, which was the word for big in the 80s. That's just like his next thing that he did, which is like so, years afterwards. So he's really good, though. I like him a lot, especially in the Stray Cats. He's a real good rockabilly guitar player. So did he have the hair and everything? 
I yes, I made my hair like that, all slick and loose stuff. <laughs> oh man! You got swing back like the cherry popping daddies, the big bad voodoo daddies. <laughs> Every band with the word daddies in there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm I'm so glad that you know uh, I I never got into that the uh, boy band sound. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not even. I'm so glad, like, I never even picked up a record or, you know, I'm anything offend- like that. I'm offended that they actually call them bands. They should be called groups or something. Because they're not playing any instruments. They're not, they're barely singing. It's all auto tune and mixed in the studio to <laughs> make us sound good. <laughs> but not even. Yeah, you remember, you remember when the, the Backstreet Boys were the biggest band yes. in the world? Oh man, dark days. How, how about we just burn all their CDs and you know? Well, I can't burn what I don't have. <laughs> no, no, I mean just go to the store, and grab all the CDs, and just burn them. I'm sure they're all in like the 99 cent bins, the bargain bins. <laughs> I wonder if stores even carry those anymore. Who would today go into a record store and ask for a Backstreet Boys CDs or an Instinct CD? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I did, I would be. I, I'd have to like get plastic surgery and change my name. <laughs> probably burn the store to the ground, <laughs> or something. Because, it, it, I mean, I, I think the today equivalent would be like you going to go buy the Twilight DVDs. Yeah, I think that would be the equivalent. Something that you don't want to be caught dead with. <laughs> 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 oh man. Anyway, uh, so I think we've made our points, Tim. Yes, I think we've gave our reasonings for each episode why we like them good enough, even though we don't agree with each other. <laughs> but we did yeah. come to an agreement on the forgotten, so we have that. Yeah, it's another Mr. Freeze thing, yeah. and then I'm sure Jake, Corbin, and Alex will side with you. But uh, besides that. My guys, don't let me down. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry that much, Tim. But um, besides that, got some bad news, Tim. You know why? Uh, yes, unfortunately, I do. Unfortunately, Arkham Knight has been delayed. Apparently, the rumors were true because I think there was like a rumor or two that Arkham Knight was gonna get delayed before it was officially announced that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sucks. I, I mean, the 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 one game that I I wanted to play, like, let me put it this way: I, I bought a PS4 in December of last year, right? Just for Arkham Knight. <laughs> oh no, no! Um, but I thought that you could play your old PS3 games on your uh, PS4, but big, you can't. Big. Nope. So I. Uh, I was thinking about getting that that game, uh, Watch Dogs, uh-huh. but I saw it, it wasn't getting good reviews. So, you know, I I don't want to end up like you, Tim, with uh, Superman sixty four. And I think that Watch Dog game is still cheaper than what I paid for Superman sixty four. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, at least you know. I can use this PS4 for Arkham Knight when it comes out. Now I have to wait longer. 
So because it's coming in 2015, whatever that is. I mean, I don't think they really gave us all in month yeah. or a date. I'm guessing probably around March. That's my guess. Because usually when games get delayed from like the end of one year until the next year, it's usually around the beginning, like February, March, something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I I mean, is there any games like for the PS4 that are coming out in the future? See, this, this is the thing. I was. This is pretty much going to be the game that, where if I didn't have a PS4 and Xbox One before it came out, this was going to make me buy it, or I, I could have missed it when it came out. But now it's not coming out, and I want to get a PS4 and an Xbox One. But then I'm thinking, what games am I going to get for it right now? It's like none, because unfortunately I got to be real pick and, like <laughs> pick my game uh, purchases wisely because uh, I don't have enough money to buy anyone every game that I want. So got to kind of pick and choose, and Arkham Knight was going to be the one for the next generation of consoles, so I don't know, the new Call of Duty looks really cool to me, and I haven't played a Call of Duty game in a few years, but this new one, Advanced Warfare, looks really good to me, so that might be the one game I don't get if I get a new system this year, but I was mainly wanting to get it for Arkham Origins this year, so it's not really a rush to get it before the holidays now, which was, I'm sure it was planned to come out, but (sighs) it's just disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, I have a PS4 collecting dust right now, so. The <laughs> uh, game Infamous Second Son's really good. I played the first two ones, which I thought were really good. No, I, I played it in the store, and it, it was just like the controller. I mean, not, not the controller, the, the um, what do you call that? Like how you control your character? Uh, yeah, the controls. <laughs> Yeah, go control. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it, it didn't feel right to me. It okay. felt like it was too stiff or not, not, you know, fluid. So I, I, I guess call the next Call of Duty is the only thing I have looking, ha- have to look forward to in the next year. Like I don't know well, until you see, March. <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing: if I get a new system, which is cool that they're doing right now, they're kind of up dating certain games from the last generation to this generation. I think they updated Tomb Raider. So if I got a system, I'll definitely get that one because I've still yet to play it. <laughs> and I know you said it's really good. Wow, so. too. I know. <laughs> I beat it twice already. Because I've seen it. It's cheap now. I can get it. But then a part of me goes, well, I'm eventually going to get a new system, and I might as well wait and play it with better graphics. So I <laughs> might as well just hold off a bit. Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Yeah. But I liked it. What was cool, or this is the one good part about this announcement, we did get somewhat new trailer that showed off some of the weapons in the Batmobile, which looked pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely going to be armed, to say the least, with like a bunch of turrets, machine guns, missile launchers. They have something called a riot suppressor. So <laughs> they're teasing, they kind of gave a tease for what they're going to show at E3 next week, which is like, they're calling it the battle mode for the Batmobile. So we'll probably see new gameplay stuff with the Batmobile in action and taking out other cars and on chases, so it should be pretty cool. Hopefully, get good reports from E3 where it controls good and it looks good, so we'll find out uh, probably in a few days. So so that E3 thing, like I was reading about it on Twitter, I'm not really sure what that is, but um, it's, it's like a convention, but like do do they show new games? Yeah. Or reveal new games? Yeah, it's the biggest game convention probably in the world where the big companies, this is where they announce and reveal new games. It's just, like more uh, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, each have their press conference where they make announcements, show off new games. So I have a feeling mm-hmm. Batman Arkham, Arkham Knight is going to be at either Sony or Microsoft's press conference, or maybe they'll just be at uh, 
Lacey, now, Warner Brothers doesn't have, I think, their own press conference. But other studios like EA and Ubisoft, they have their own press conferences, too. So I'm sure it'll be out either Microsoft or Sony where we'll get a, probably a new reveal, the new trailer, or see the battle mode in action. So, yeah. But they even said, even at the end of the trailer, I think, like, see more ID3 for the new battle mode. So, oh, well, I mean... I mean, like, it, it doesn't even matter because I'm going to have to wait anyway. You know, like, like let's say a game is announced for the PS4 that I really want or that, that looks good and I really want it. I'm still going to have to wait for the freaking thing to come out. Yeah, right? exactly. They don't announce something. that's not their launch, right? No, that's not their launch. Of the, very rarely do they announce something at E3 and then it comes out that day or a few days later. I think. Sega did that with the Sega Saturn, and it ended up being a disaster for them. <laughs> so not too many companies do that, where they announce something and say, it's in stores now. Oh, dang it. It's like a... Uh... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we're getting one but, uh... Batman game this year, <laughs> even though it might not be the Batman <laughs> you're waiting for. <laughs> Lego Batman 3, yay. <laughs> Beyond Gotham is what it's called. Beyond Gotham, wow. So, so is Lego Batman going to go into space? Yeah, that's where the trailer starts off. So it's <laughs> pretty funny. You see Batman give like serious monologue, like space, the great abyss. And then Superman interrupts him, like, hey, Batman, nice suit. I think it looks pretty cool. And Batman's trying to ignore it. It's typical Lego humor, which is always great. But I haven't played a Lego game yeah, since Lego Batman 2, so maybe this will be the next one I play. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, like, Lego knows their audience, and they, yeah. they know how to make people laugh. That's for sure. And, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. I don't know if I'm going to get the game, but, may, I mean, maybe when it goes, like, down in price, uh, that's not a day one purchase for me. <laughs> but It's something to give Batman fans their fix of why they wait for Arkham Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's waiting for that. But. I've heard the Marvel one's really good. I want to get that one, and I still want to try Lego Lord of the Rings, so... The thing is, I played all the early ones where it's kind of become the same thing after a while. Even though I heard for the more recent ones, they changed things up to make it a little more different. But at the same time, it's like I kind of had my fill with Lego. So unless it's Lego Star Wars again or like this one, Lego Batman 3, I'll probably hold off. On, that's what, Which is why I held off on checking the other ones out. But I still would like to play Lord of the Rings and the Marvel one. But like I said, it's kind of be uh, real choosy when it comes to my games I'm going to purchase. Hopefully when they go down in price. You know what we can do, though, Tim? What's that? Uh, how about we get... I mean, I know you have an N64, but... I'm figuring I can buy an N64 and go into GameStop. Because the, their games don't... The N64 games are only like 25 cents. <laughs> so, I can go in there, grab a bunch of games for like 10 bucks. And then, you know, I have stuff to play until... Arkham Knight comes out. <laughs> hey, N64 has some great games too. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Did you ever have it in 64? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I remember uh, playing Goldeneye yeah, I and cheating with <laughs> uh, playing it with my cousin and cheating by looking on his screen to see where he was. <laughs> yeah. Because it was only the split screen. It wasn't yeah. like you know the online multiplayer thing. <laughs> We played that game to death. We've unlocked every secret, every cheat code in that game. <laughs> we had everything maxed out on that. We played it so much when we'd have, we'd go over someone else's house. We haven't played it that much. We played multiplayer. We'd know all the respawn points, so as soon as we shoot him, 
It was like on one hit tail, we'd go to the next response point, shoot him again, go to the next one. <laughs> they wouldn't even have a chance. <laughs> All right. Um, did you ever play uh, 1080? Yeah. The snowboarding game? Yep. That one was really good, too. Yeah. That that game came with my Xbox. I mean, my uh, N64. Oh, nice. That one in Wave Race, I played a lot, too. The jet ski one. Oh, yeah, yeah Wave Racer. That one was pretty good. And, like, the two Zeldas, the uh, Majora's Mask and... Yeah, Ocarina of Time. Till this yeah, day, Ocarina. still my favorite game of all time. I don't think it'll be last. <laughs> yeah, I remember I could never beat that end boss. What's his name? Ganon? Uh, yeah, yeah, he shoots arrows at you, yeah. No, he shoots out, you shoot arrows at him. He shoots out these beams that you gotta reflect back at him. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And when he gets hit, you shoot the light arrow at him. Yeah, like, I kept on trying and trying and trying, and then, you know, I'd get frustrated, and then I'd be like, you know what, screw it. I'm, I don't even care anymore, and then I'd, I'd beat him. <laughs> that wasn't just even the like last that. boss of it, because then after that, you have to make your escape out of the castle, and then he comes out on the rubble and transforms into the big monster. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you turn back into a little kid after that. Yeah, that's how it ends. Uh, such a great game. I played. I've probably beaten that game so many times. God, I think we got everything maxed out on that too. Because there were these people online who were saying, "Oh, you know, the Triforce in the it's not in the game, but it's the main part of the story." And it's been out of the past all the games where they said the Triforce is in the game. This is what you got to do to obtain it. And then we do everything, like start a new game, collect every item, get every heart piece, those little spider skeletons, the skeletons, I think they're called. you got to collect all 100 of those, and then when you get everything, <laughs> it'll appear. We did, and then they said, ah, it's just a hoax. We just wanted you to experience the plane that oh, came over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I still had fun, but still, I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> what about the game uh, Perfect Dark? Did you ever play that one? That one I never played, no. It's from the same guys that like Golden Eyes, so Yeah, yeah, it's kinda it. like Golden Eye. Yeah. But yeah, I never got into that one or just never purchased it. I'm probably still playing Golden Eye. Of <laughs> that N sixty. Yeah. And then there's super I love that N sixty four, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Some Smash Brothers too, and <laughs> did you play that one? No, no, not Smash Brothers, but uh, Mario 64 and um, the racing kart one. Mario Kart. Yeah. Mario kart. Awesome. yeah. I've actually just played those last weekend with my brother again for the first time in a long time. They're still just as fun as ever. <laughs> but I got my butt kicked. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have my GameCube, and sometimes like I'll plug it in and play Mario Kart on that. Yeah. And, man, that game is so fun. It's like, no matter what age you are, that game is so fun. Yeah. I want to get the new one, too. That one looks really good. But I think my favorite one is, will always be the 64. <laughs> There's not so many good memories playing that game. Just the courses on there, too. There's so many great ways to knock your opponents out and just ruin their race. <laughs> so, yeah. Good times. Unfortunately, yeah. all the superhero games stunk, though. <laughs> on the Even the Batman one sucked? Batman Beyond Return of the Joker was almost... No, 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 not, not that one. <laughs> um, wasn't there a Batman one? Yeah, I think Return of the Joker was the only Batman game that came out for the mm. system. I thought there was Dark Tomorrow. That was for that Game wasn't GameCube. On GameCube and Xbox. Oh, that was for GameCube. Yeah. I need to find that game. I don't know how, but... 
Still got I the Xbox version. Oh yeah, the Xbox version, but I don't know. I, think I don't really play my Xbox. I think that game is unbeatable. <laughs> it's just so glitchy. Like, the camera's so bad. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, that was fun going down memory lane with our 64. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. Let us move into a conversation with Alex. So, um, Alex sent in an email. Of course. He always does because he's Alex. And Alex doesn't mess with anybody. And you don't mess with right? Alex. And you don't mess with Alex. So Alex says, uh, greetings. Thanks for another great episode. I hope Corbin comes back on the podcast because I really enjoyed hearing his thoughts and history as a Batman fan. You guys always have excellent hosts. Thank you, Alex. That's a, I take that as a compliment. Yes. And as it Corbin's was been fired. He's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we actually don't like Corbin, and my internet didn't screw up. I just didn't want to talk to him. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, we love Corbin with all of our hearts. He did an awesome uh, job being my co-host for that episode. It was fun. Yeah, he did. He's He's really natural with you. It's not like stuttering all over himself and nervous. Or maybe that's... That's because he was tired and wanted to go to sleep or something. <laughs> Let's but, be honest. I don't make anyone nervous or intimidated. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm talking with Tim. <laughs> you make like, me nervous, it's, Tim. It's more like, why am I talking to this guy? <laughs> why am I talking to Tim? <laughs> um, but Alex goes on to say, I really like the title, Batman v Superman, being like a court do- docket. As much as I love Dark Knight Returns, I... Enjoy them being allies with admiration for each other. One of my favorite scenes is from the Justice League episode Hereafter, where Batman is is at Superman's grave, revealing all the great respect he has for him. Yeah. I hope a similar relationship develops in the series. It better. Besides, <laughs> I... <laughs> besides, it's a prequel to Justice League, so there can't be too much animosity. Originally, I thought that Man of Steel was setting up for Luther to take Superman to task for the destruction of Metropolis and acting as the city's savior. But with Batman being the plaintiff, I'm not sure anymore. This is a very experienced Batman, so I think Batman would research the events heavily and see Clark is good. Superman is level-headed, so it's not like he wouldn't be com- complaint in, in, in interrogation. Yeah. He he wouldn't be complain, compliant <sighs> this late. <laughs> um, he wouldn't be compliant in an interrogation by Batman. I would love it if Batman trained Superman to be in more to be in more in control of his powers and to be less reliant on them in a fight. It will be interesting. I really enjoyed Forever Evil number 7, and as a fan of Lex Luthor, I was happy to read a big event story with him being the main character. Jeff Johns is great at making compelling villains, but the problem for me is that he ends up making the heroes less competent and turns them into chumps. No one pickpockets the Batman. I love the new interpretation of the crime syndicate and had a blast getting to know the new 52 interpretations of the villains. I'm really looking forward to reading Corbin's reviews on the Grayson series. You're probably going to be the only one, Alex. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I love Corbin. Don't get me wrong, and he's a, he's a great reviewer for the Batman universe. But I mean, it's Grayson. 
how good <laughs> I, it sounds terrible, but whatever, man. Yeah, we'll get to uh, that later. <laughs> Kermit's reviews on the Grayson series. Because I'm worried about it after reading Netwing number 30. Hasn't Bruce hurt the Robins enough in the past year? <laughs> I know I know what they were going for, but the fight was crazy. Run, Alfred, run. Get away from this man while you can. <laughs> I just saw that they delayed Arkham Knight. I wanted to go on media blackout for the game, but it's too long to wait now. I'm happy they are delaying it, because that means they're dedicated, dedicated to making the best game possible. You know what, Alex? You're right. It's the same thing with Bat- Batman Superman. You know, they they could have just rushed out a product, but they're deciding to wait and, you know, perf- really perfect it. Right, Tim? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as disappointed we are, it's all going to be for the best when we finally do play it. We don't want yeah. it to be Superman 64 with tons of glitches <laughs> just driving through walls and all that. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, you think you're really going to get to drive the, bat- the Batmobile around uh, Gotham City? You're actually going to be on one course. And you're going to be driving it through rings. <laughs> That's the only way the Batmobile goes. <laughs> if you miss the ring, you start all the way over. Uh. <laughs> uh, but his questions are, what keeps you guys motivated to read Batman for so many years? And what what do you find interesting about his characters above all others? So, um, yeah, like, I, I didn't read the comics yet for this episode. But that's because I usually only have time to read them on the weekend. Um, if I if I were to read them on the weekdays, I'd probably fall asleep because uh, you know work's a pain in the butt and it's exhausting. So, uh, but uh, what keeps me motivated to keep on, you know, reading Batman is because I've done it for so long and you know I honestly can't think of my life without the char- without reading, you know, a Batman comic or a Batman trade paperback or, you know, anything like that, or watching a Batman movie. You know, I just can't imagine my life like that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so so what about you, Tim? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, this, unfortunately, we don't have a Batman TV series going on right now. We don't have a movie out for the next two years, and the game, not for the rest of this year to play, so... We need our Batman fix, and thankfully we have the comics. And of course, it depends all on the stories and the writers. And thankfully, for the most part, with Scott Snyder, we're getting a great Batman story being told on a monthly basis. And so, like you said, we need to get our Batman fix. I mean, he's the greatest fictional character ever created. So that's pretty much the motivation for me, just because I just love the character so much that you need to read new stories about him and just, yeah, just keep on following him in his adventures. And unfortunately, there are going to be some. The word just makes you scratch your head and make you say, why are they doing this to this great character, or why are they going this route? But so we're still getting new Batman stories, and that keeps me going. And thankfully, like I said, they're not all bad. We're getting some great stuff with Scott Snyder and Batman and Robin's hit and miss right now. But <laughs> we had a good event with Forever Evil, like Alex said. So it's been good for the most part, even though there are some head scratchers. So just the fact that I just love the characters so much and. I just love reading new stories about him is what keeps me going back. All right. So uh, the second part of his first question was, what do you find interesting about his character above all others? Uh, For me, it's the fact that he kind of got over his parents' death, but he kind of didn't. You know, like, 
if you suffer a tragedy in your life, like Bruce did, people just tell you, you know, you got to get over it, you got to get over it. But it's not that easy. And maybe Bruce didn't have the tools and still doesn't have the tools to get over it. But that that's what's interesting, you know, to me is the fact that you know, he's kind of gotten over it, but there's some parts of, like, the comic, like, when you read the comics, that he ha- he clearly hasn't gotten over it. So, I mean, that's the most, most interesting part of the character for me. So what about you, Tim? Mine's kind of similar, like, to that, but not really. But it does have to do with his origin. I mean, it's the greatest origin for a superhero ever. And my favorite aspect of it, when it's done... I think because of different variations on his origin and what makes him become Batman, but the one that's most interesting to me is when he makes that vow to his parents' grave and says he'll spend the rest of his life fighting crime, so what happened to him doesn't happen to anyone else. I just love that aspect about the character, just the determination he has as a little kid making that vow and then seeing it through all the way to as an adult and fulfilling the promise in a way that I think would make his parents proud. And at the same time, I just love how the character is so dark and so just how he treats criminals to the, as rough and as uh, intense as he could be without going to the extreme where he, he kills them, but just going just as far, but still be on the side of good. I just love that aspect of the character. So, but like Frank Miller's uh, All-Star Batman yeah. Robin? <laughs> Not that insane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, that, just the promise that he made to his parents as a little kid and then seeing that through is my favorite aspect of the character and the version of his story that I love the most. Yeah, and another thing, too, for me is the fact that he's deeply flawed. I mean, he's one of the most flawed superheroes in the history of superheroes. I mean, I can't really think of another one. Maybe Wolverine is close to him, but, man, Bruce has some terrible character flaws. (laughs) You know, it's like, like he's not perfect. He's not perfect. He's not, you know, the Boy Scout. It's like he said in that Justice League episode where Wonder Woman's trying to ask him out on a date. He's all, I'm a rich kid with issues. Lots of issues. Like, you don't want to get involved with me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Alex's second question is, is there an unexplored aspect of Bruce's character or of his universe that you wish to be examined? Well, I think we yeah. said this before, where it's kind of hopefully what we're going to get in the Gotham TV series. Kind of Because I think we said this first when we saw that awesome trailer for Arkham Origins. That showed him, like, that progression as a little kid, seeing his parents killed and at school being bullied up to his training. So we just wanted to see those years of him as a kid, which I think I said during that episode where the trailer came out. We never really experienced Bruce as a kid for very long through his years in school and high school and all that. So that's always been something I wanted to see. And if done right, hopefully Gotham will be the answer to that. And it'll be something pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, uh, especially after that, after that Arkham Origins trailer. It's, too, it's, it's the greatest injustice that that part wasn't in the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was so well done. That that trailer is so well done, so effective that it's just a letdown. But could, the game was good, so. Could they at least put it in, like, the extras in the menu just to watch the trailers that came out for the game? I don't think it's even yeah. that. Uh, but uh, Alex's final question before we say goodbye to Alex, not goodbye, see you later, Alex, is uh, what stage of Bruce's crime-fighting career do you find the most intriguing? I enjoy learning about his training pre-Batsuit, such as his training with Ducard, 
to learn his detective skills and mentoring from Zitara to help to learn escape artist techniques. Man, that was that was quite the sentence there, Alex. <laughs> uh, come on. If it's true that everyone can be Batman, we need a step-by-step guide. So, Tim. Timmy. <laughs> well, while I love seeing stories about Bruce's origin, I, I'll never get sick of seeing those. No matter how different they are, just seeing him train to become Batman is always awesome. But I always like it when we see Batman in his prime, not too early in his career, not too late in his career where he's old and all that stuff, like kind of like in Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight Returns. I just love seeing him in his prime, which I think, shocker, shocker, which is what the animated series done real well, was where they pretty much showed Batman in his prime. And maybe they, early episodes, they kind of hinted at where not too many people knew he was real, they kind of thought he was a myth, but by the time the new Batman adventures came around, like everyone knew who Batman was, and they don't mess with him because he means business when he confronts you and stops criminals. So yeah, I prefer seeing Batman like in his prime. Yeah, for me, I don't know if it really counts, um, but I I like scenes where we get to see uh, Batman's gadgets. Um, especially when he's learning about him, he's like, okay. I mean, kind of like in the Dark Knight with the um, uh, the gauntlets where they shot out yeah. of the, the <laughs> I don't know the the arm part and uh, you know, went into that locker or whatever. I, I I like those scenes and like how Bruce learns how to use these tools to help him fight crime. I don't know if that really counts, but that's the answer you're gonna get, Alex. <laughs> I would say it's acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, thank you, Alex, for emails as always. We love you, man. Um, And just keep keep on sending in those emails, and we'll keep on reading them, right, Tim? Of course. It's just not the same when we don't. Yep. Uh, But Corbin says, um, I think I got one this time. Vader versus Magneto. Vader couldn't use the Jedi mind trick because of Magneto's helmet. And he can create electromagnetic fields and throw stuff at Vader. And if that fails, he can just rip Vader apart since he's mostly made of metal anyway. Also, what do you guys read that is not a part of the Batman universe? I have a lot of other DC stuff that I read as well as stuff from Marvel and indie comics, mostly from Image. And if you do, what is your favorite? So, Tim, why don't you tackle that first question first? Well, he tried with the Winter Soldier and failed. Then he tried with Godzilla, and he failed. And for Magneto, I will say it could be a draw if it all goes well for Magneto, because he did make some good points where his helmet protects um, him from, like, any, uh, like, psychic abilities like Professor X does to mind control him or to read his mind. So maybe the Jedi mind trick wouldn't work on that. And, yeah, Magneto could possibly use the Force to rip out Vader's armor and make him a little vulnerable, but at the same time, too, it all depends on who gets the drop on someone. If Vader gets the drop on Magneto, he can just force choke him. I mean, that has nothing to do with uh, controlling his mind or anything like that. So he can have him there. And then in a physical fight, I mean, Darth Vader can probably beat him with the lightsaber. Even if he has magnetic shield, it might protect him for a little bit, but maybe Vader can do something with the force to get rid of it. So technically it could go both ways. I think Magneto has a pretty good chance, but I won't give him the win. As far as I'll go, it would be a draw, so it's still 0 for 3 
and Vader being defeated. <laughs> Two defeats with the other characters and one draw, but Vader is still undefeated. All right, so Alex, not Alex, <laughs> Corbin's second question is, also, what do you guys read that is not a part of the Batman universe? I have a lot of other DC stuff that I read, as well as stuff from Marvel and indie comics, mostly from Image. And if you do, what is your favorite? Tim? I got several DC books that I read besides Batman. Read Green Lantern, pretty much all the Green Lantern books. The Flash, I still get Wonder Woman, which has been awesome pretty much from issue number one. <laughs> and the only Marvel book I really read is Spider-Man. I've been keeping that up for a few years now. And then I just got the Mar- or a few months ago the Marvel Unlimited app, which pretty much has a backlog of old comics that you can just go back and read. We just pay a monthly fee, which is really awesome. And I wish DC would do that. <laughs> so I've been reading some old issues of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of prepping up for the movie. But probably the Probably my favorite comic series out there right now has got to be the, uh, Alex will agree with me, the new Ninja Turtles comics going on by IDW. Those are awesome. <laughs> From issue one up until now, this has been one great story, one after the other, after the other. So <laughs> I'd probably say that might just be my favorite title going on right now. You and the Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> if you read those comics, you would definitely get it. The movie looks pretty good, though. I mean, I know it gets a lot of flack, and, you know, people are bashing it every chance they get, but I thought it looked good. Yeah, I I think it looks good. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out in the end, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, but um, as for me, I I read Wonder Woman. That's pretty much it. Finally. Yeah, <laughs> finally, finally got on that. Um, but besides that, I used to read a lot of image stuff. I used to read, uh, of course, The Walking Dead, but I kind of uh, lost my interest in that comic because it seems like all that they do is just build up to the next big death, and everything between is just filler. Um, so I dropped that book. Uh, I've been collecting it since issue one, so I have, like, a hundred and something issues of it, so I think that should be enough for me. Um, the Saga is a really good comic. Um, I've heard that one. By Brian Vaughn, I think, and Fiona Staples. That one's really good, uh, especially if you like Star Wars. It's more of a an adult Star Wars. Um, it's not for children, of course, because nothing from Image is for children. Uh <laughs> I used to pick up Spawn, don't really pick that up anymore because it's pretty bad, but um, besides that, the only comic that, I mean, other than the bad books it, I I, uh, I buy is uh, 2000 AD. That's some of the best uh, experimental storytelling you'll ever see in comics. You know, it's really, really edgy, and it takes a while to get, it's a real... A thinking man's kind of book. I mean, it's it's pretty out there, um, but it, if, if you get it, especially with the dry British humor sometimes that's in that book, um, if you really if if you get it, you'll you'll definitely dig 2000 AD. Uh, and you know, th- there's always dread if if you don't like the other stories. So yeah, besides the bat books, the only thing I r- regularly pick up is 2000. AD because now that they have the app, um, 
you know, I, I can get it right on my phone and, you know, it comes out weekly and it's really hard to get in the United States. Um, I asked my comic book shop back when I, I was going to the comic book shop before I went all digital, if they could, you know, put it on my pull list and they said they couldn't. I mean, I was even willing to pay like $24 for four issues um, because I just love that comic, but they couldn't get it. So with the 2000 AD app, it makes it so much more easier. And um, also the, the, the Judge Dredd uh, magazine is really good. I mean, it's not only comics. It's also um, it's also like interviews and articles about video games and you know, computers and all that kind of stuff. It's and uh, if you like, magazine? yeah, Judge Dredd magazine. Uh, also, if you if you like Al- Alan Grant, Alan Grant does a lot of work for the magazine. So, uh, yeah, th- those are the pretty much the two other comics that I pick up on a regular basis besides the Bat books and uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> It sounded like a lot, even though it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I kind of got carried away there. <laughs> You're just uh, enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean they're really great comics. I mean it's it's not like American comics where, you know, you kind of have a formula. Like 2008 deal will go off the deep end. Like, like I don't know, Han Solo fighting dinosaurs. I mean not Han Solo the character, but a character that. Reminds you of Han Solo fighting mm-hmm. dinosaurs, and it's it's like okay, whatever. But then you kind of get it, and then oh, it makes sense, and it's a great it's a great read. Um, but anyway, moving on to Jake. Thank you, Al. Uh, not Alex. <laughs> I keep on calling Corbin <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Sorry, Corbin. I love you, man. Don't think that I don't because I do. Even if you have nobody in this world that doesn't love you, just remember Dane and Tim do. Right, Tim. <laughs> Just speak for yourself, Dane. <laughs> oh, so 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 you don't like Corbin then? Uh, 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 so we revealed that earlier that we didn't. It's all an act. Last episode. <laughs> um, but uh, moving on to Jake's email. Thank you, Corbin. We really appreciate your emails. And you know, whenever whenever you want to come on, just hit us up. And we'll let you on. Uh, same thing goes with you, Jake and Alex. If you guys want to come on, just come on. Just ask. Um, but Jake says, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for calling us gentlemen because, you know, I like being called a gentleman. Do you, Tim? Even though it's further from the truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, I have said this before, and I will say it again. You guys show us the best way to introduce new listeners, or to introduce listeners to the people within the Batman universe. See, at least we—I mean, we provide a service, Tim. <laughs> a free service. A free service, yeah. Um, but but he goes on to say, I just listened to episode fifty-eight, and I give Tim and Corbin Dallas Pool two thumbs up on the show. Thanks, so, so what about if it's just me and Tim? <laughs> what, two, two thumbs down? Uh, Jake, Jake doesn't care about you, Dane. <laughs> Jake, I thought we were buddies, man. But I'm going to have to take back my friendship card. <laughs> I'm going to have to take back my friendship ring that I bought you. 
<laughs> was, it, was it a ring pop? Yeah, it was a ring. No, it was a mood ring. It was a mood ring. Uh, but um, he says, uh, now when I, now when I read Corbin's reviews, I will know in what tone and voice I should be reading them in. And along those lines, here's a question: If Kevin Conroy had never voiced Batman, I know hard to believe, right, Tim? I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> it's almost blasphemy for 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 Jake to be thinking that, right? So it's, it's, I wouldn't say blasphemy. I would just say unthinkable. Like I wouldn't want to live in a world like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but he says, uh, yeah, if if Kevin Conroy had never voiced Batman, and there were no other forms of Batman in the media except for comics, whose voice would you hear when you read them? For me, it would be Liam Neeson from Phantom Menace. Great choice, Jake. Great yeah. freaking choice. That's one um, I never would have thought of, but it does make sense. Yeah. Uh, he says, the way Qui-Gon talks to Obi-Wan in those teaching moments is the same way I picture Batman would talk to Robin. So, Tim, who do you think? Cor- I mean, uh, see, now I'm calling Jake Corbin. <laughs> Uh, J- Jake took my pick. Wow. See, I was just thinking of the other actors who play Batman. Who would? <laughs> which one would I have a default backup for Kevin Conroy? But if it could be anyone, uh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I never really thought about that before. What about um, Daniel Day-Lewis? <laughs> I know he's a good actor, but he's, yeah. not, he's not coming to my head right now. Morgan Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get get some good voice actors. Well, it can be any actor. Yeah, but voice actors, when it comes to doing a voice, they probably have more talent and range. James Arnold Taylor. I was thinking of James Arnold Taylor. I wonder if he could pull off Batman. Oh, you know who? Sam Whitmer. Oh, that's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sam Whitmer. That that would be my choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be both of our choices, because I can't pick any one is going to be better than that. Yeah, and, you know, I was watching The Clone Wars, and, you know, in The Lawless, when um, Palpatine shows up? Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, no, no, sorry, not when Palpatine shows up, when, uh, or right before, spoiler alert for all you Clone Wars uh, fans that haven't watched the fifth season yet, um, when, uh... When Obi Wan is captured uh, by uh, Maul, he there's certain lines where he imitates the Emperor. Yeah, he said he and wanted like, to bring that in Maul's performance as well. Oh as man, son. that's so that's so awesome. Yeah, a, and then he kills Satine, and <laughs> and Obi Wan has this great exchange with him before he does it, saying how he'll yeah. be as strong as like I am <laughs> if you go down the path of the dark side. But. Awesome stuff. Man, that that one episode is on par with any uh, what do you call it, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, it's uh, almost on par episodes. with it. Even with the Star Wars movies, it could be right up there with it. Yeah. So good. Again, we can't stress enough, if you Star Wars fan and haven't watched the Clone Wars, definitely check them out now that they're on Netflix. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Oh, man. Sam Whitmer, yeah. That's that's my choice. That guy is so good. I've actually heard he might be doing one of the next DC animated movies, but it, I heard he's going to be Ocean Master, Aquaman's brother. 
which, like, yeah, it's cool to have him be a part of, but it's going to be a better role. <laughs> so, so what, Tim? You can't think of one? Or what no, would you I say can't. Sam Woodward? Yeah, I just I got to go with Sam Woodward. Yeah, I guess it's going to be better than that. All right. Well, you just let Jake down. Jake I'm sorry, Jake. I'm doing right a cop out. <laughs> Jake is crying in his coffee right now. <laughs> Maybe his tears will add some flavor to it. <laughs> um, the Corbin goes on to say that. Uh, uh, oh, he says. So Tim and Corbin were talking about figuring out fi- figuring out a segment for me. Alex has conversations with Alex, and Corbin has Corbin's tweets, but I don't have a segment. I have two ideas. Somebody almost got into car accident right there. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you, you gotta love podcasting. <laughs> Maybe an ambulance um, will soon be following. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he says I have two ideas, and I will let you discuss if they are good or not. Idea number one, my last email exposed the hidden story and plot of the new Batman Superman movie. Maybe I could be your investigative reporter bringing you the real story behind the stories. The title could be called Jake Mahan, Gotham P.I. Uh, what do you think, Tim? It's good, but you just got to go to idea number two, which takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree with you. When I read your email, uh, Jake, I immediately texted Tim to read this freaking email because this is the greatest idea. I've told you this in the email form already, but I'm telling all the all of the listeners. This is quite possibly one of the greatest, greatest ideas anybody has ever had for a podcast in the history of podcasting. I'll just say that before I read this. So, idea number two. This one combines a topic that has been discussed on the show and the way most people read their comics. I think I speak for a big majority of readers when I say that most of my comics reading takes place in one particular room in the house. (laughs) And if you guys remember a few months back, Dane boasted about how clean Walmart's bathrooms are. I'm thinking of combining bat books for beginners with a review of the bathroom it is being read from the title would be Batman from the Bat <laughs> oh man I almost made it through it Tim uh, <laughs> the title would be Batman from the Bathroom now here's the one thing I would change about that the title of this would be Batman from the Bathroom with Jake that's all I would change about this entire idea I mean, yeah, bad, bad books for beginners, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, personally from, you know, a person that has read those stories before that I don't know who does it now. I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, I mean, I've read those stories already. And, you know, it's not going to say it's terrible but or bad or anything, but it's not my cup of tea is what, it, is, is what I'm trying to say, right? Um, so, what does that leave us with? So, you can tell us you're reading Nightfall, or No Man's Land, or 
killing joke, but you also have to report about the bathroom conditions <laughs> of either your bathroom or a public restroom that you use. Is it, you know, a stall, a stalled bathroom where there's a bunch of stalls, urinals, and a sink? Or is it the kind of bathroom like they have in McDonald's where it's just one room with the urinal, <laughs> the toilet, and the sink all in one area? And you, if somebody's using it, you can't use it. Uh, so, you know, you just have to go in depth with the uh, with the bathroom. Uh, it, it, it can't just be like, this bathroom is nice, I read Nightfall. It can't just be like that. You know, it, it has to be like, Nightfall was a pretty good book, this, 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 this happened. Also, the bathroom I went to was located in the bottom floor of the Macy's in my mall. Um, I would prefer if they used a different kind of cleaner for their toilets, but hey, you know, Whatever gets the toilet clean. Also, it's there. There's about six or seven stalls. There's about three or four sinks. Um, when I was done, there was no, there was no uh, soap. You know, it it has to be like that. It can't just be like, like, you know, really quick. It has to be very detailed and in depth. And I'm gonna talk to Dustin. Dustin's probably gonna say no and think I'm stupid and kick us off this uh, off the Batman universe. But you're gonna get your own feed. <laughs> you have to get your own feed. <laughs> hey, it's a brand new twist on that books for beginners, which is a good podcast. Don't get me wrong, but I've read those books already, so you gotta throw something extra in there. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the groundwork's been laid, and now Jake has to make the journey and travel to every. Retail and public restroom in his area. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be the, the goal. Great idea. Yeah, I think Jake. Uh, Problem. Yeah. <laughs> great idea. I'm. I. I love you, man. <laughs> uh, but I. I think Jake lives in um, Portland, Oregon, or somewhere up there, like Washington or something. So. We're going to see the conditions of the Portland, Portland, Oregon, or slash um, Washington State, or slash wherever Jake lives, bathroom. So we will be reporting on that, and, uh, you know, hopefully they keep clean bathrooms. And if it gets really big and the reviews go off, well, you can travel the country <laughs> and travel every different bathroom <laughs> in the country. <laughs> It'll become it's, like, hey guys. it's like, hey guys, I'm in Paris. The bathrooms are actually really filthy. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you gotta, you go to thank you. Before, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jake. That was a great idea. Thank you for your email. Like I told Jake, I mean, like I told Corbin, and like I told Alex, keep on sending in those emails because we love to read them and we love to. We love to interact with our listeners Be, because some podcasts don't do that. I mean, some podcasts, like, oh, they'll only read, like, a select amount of emails. I'm like, people took time out of their day to email you. The least you can do is read it on your dumb podcast, right? <laughs> Even if we get one day 100 emails, we'll read them all. It may take a few episodes, but <laughs> we'll read them all. <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. So... With that said, 
You know what time it is, Tim? It's time for some comic book reviews. No, it's not. <gasps> oh, man, how did I forget? It's time for Tweets from Corbin. There you go. There you go. So, with that said, uh, do you have any good ones lined up, Tim? Yeah, I think I do. Okay. His last one was pretty good, too. <laughs> the one from the last episode. Here we go. This one's from four days ago, actually. It says, dude walks into Arby's and then gets upset because they aren't serving breakfast. When have they ever said they, that they serve breakfast? <laughs> and it has got five favorites, so it was a popular tweet from Corbin. <laughs> yeah, I read that. That was Corbin UCs to never fail me. So that's always great. Um, hmm, let me pick one out. Um, oh, how about this? I'm also adding Shway to my vocabulary. For those of you who don't know, that's from Batman Beyond. That is sway. <laughs> Good call on that, Corbin. <laughs> and, and you can say unsway, too, for something that you don't yeah. do and I don't like. <laughs> then he says, I'm officially adding the word tukus to my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, oh, my God, how did I miss this? So excited, guys. Just got 150 pages of My Little Pony comic. Free. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one either. Then he says, uh, dude next to me at work just turned off a good Eric Church song and played She Thinks My Tractor is Sexy by Kenny Chesney instead. So wrong. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty much um, the tweets from Corbin. So Corbin, just keep on tweeting, man. Just keep on, you know, sending out those tweets. We'll pick out the best. It will be critical of your Twitter timeline. Like, no, sucks. Terrible. Why did you say that? This is not worthy to be mentioned on our podcast. <laughs> All right, so I don't know if we're going to add this as a as a feature or anything, but um, Tim and I text back back and forth like all day, every day. And uh, irritate the crap out of each other, right? <laughs> On a daily basis. Yeah. So, uh, how's about we uh, we just read like a little section of our tweets? I mean, our, not our tweets, our text messages. So, I mean, I don't know if this is gonna be funny, a funny segment or anything, but let's just give it a shot. All right. And Corbin, uh, Alex, and uh, Jake, just let us know if you want this in there or not. So. Here we go. So we're talking about um, the guy from the movie, the guy who directed the movie Chronicle, and uh, the guy who did Godzilla, and they're directing the Star Wars spinoff movies. And then I thought that there was another guy that was uh, slated to direct a, um, a spinoff movie, but I was apparently wrong. So Tim wrote back. Not yet, anyway. But who knows? With the way we're getting news, maybe there will be another an, another director announced tomorrow. And then I write right back, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tim says, he can do the Jar Jar standalone movie. And then I say, just be, be prepared for almost naked Gungan statues. <laughs> <laughs> and then you write back, and, and action-packed laundry drying scenes. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. When you said that text about naked Gungan statue. <laughs> oh, I'm just the image of that is just funny and wrong at the same time. <laughs> but um I I also uh, texted Tim on Wednesday at seven forty two PM uh Hawaii Standard Time and I asked him why would why wouldn't the Republic send aid to a neutral neutral system? And Tim texted back, I think because it would cause a problem in the Senate where they would say why we would why should we waste our resources on a system that doesn't fully support us and might support the separatists too. And then I write back, You have all the Star Wars answers, Tim. And then Tim writes back, You're actually talking to a Jedi holocron. <laughs> so that that that's what we uh text messaged this past week. So Hopefully it was exciting so, and riveting yeah. <laughs> to you guys. Uh, but anyway, I guess we can move on to... Now I can say our comic book review. <laughs> yeah, now you can say it. I can't believe you almost forgot Corbin. Corbin's the, crying right the now. The most important part of the podcast, Cor- tweets from Corbin, how can I forget it? But Corbin it's still, is crying. It's still fairly Corbin new, is so. crying to his wife right now. <laughs> and it's all my fault. Yeah. I'm sorry, Corbin. Please forgive me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so for as as we like to say on every episode, there's going to be a lot of spoilers here. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to come back to this section after you read your books. So for this episode, we're covering the weeks of May 28th and June 4th. For May 28th, we have Knowing number 30 and Batman number 31. And for June 4th, we have Batman Eternal Recap, issues 8 through 9. So... Um, and our rating scale is going to be number of bathrooms Jake's going to be reading comments, comics in. Um, that's going to be the rating scale. So, Tim, for May 28th, where should we get started? Uh, might as well get the bad out of the way and go with Nightwing <laughs> number 30. And boy, I said this for, I think, the final issue of The Dark Knight, where it's not how I imagined the series to go out, and I think you could say that even more so for Nightwing Chief. Oh, man. <laughs> it was pretty bad. I mean, I knew... I didn't have my hopes for it because Hal Higgins wasn't doing it, and then they had the whole thing with Grayson, and just made me curious about how it's going to tie into that. But then when I actually read it, I was like, uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm really not looking forward to Grayson now. And it starts off, first of all, it's pretty much... Leslie Tompkins telling a story, which I thought it was cool that we kind of seen some backstory with Leslie Tompkins, where she's in uh, the Congo as a doctor helping patients, and pretty much this like this mercenary group comes and starts shooting up the place, and they're just killing every doctor in sight. And Leslie Tompkins makes her escape with a little boy she's trying to protect, but then uh, she gets cornered by one of these uh, marauders, and they're just pretty much killing everyone for fun and a sport to them. And it is seen who can get the most kills. So Leslie's cornered, but then she gets saved by some by some woman who she's kind of like she has like this mask covering her face, and she's all dressed in white. And then she's all like, "I'm here to help you." And she, her, like Leslie looks in her eyes, and she sees these, the symbol in her eyes, and she wakes up in a haze where she's in this weird like room in this weird egg chair with spider legs. And someone whose face she can't mix out, saying she's he's questioning her, like, why are you so compassionate? Why do you give your life to help others? And then she recounts the story of helping Bruce when he was young, when his parents died, and that's really what drives her. But then 
if we find out she's telling all this to Bruce and she's describing a symbol that he saw in this person's eyes and Batman knows it's the organization Spiral and she tells Batman that she thinks she told him all his secrets, his secret identity, his identities of all the other members of the Bat family. So this causes Batman some concern, which we'll find out is pretty much the reason why he wants Dick to become a secret agent and work for Spiral. I mean, it was cool getting a little flashback from Leslie Tompkins, but that was pretty much the highlight of the issue, followed by another highlight where we see Alfred kind of grieving about Dick being gone, even though he's not, which is a big problem <laughs> I'm going to have throughout Grayson's run. You just see him going, making his way to the Batcave, just, like, lamenting, just saying, like, it was looking at old pictures of Bruce and Dick, like, is that really so long ago? Like, first we lost Damien, and now we lost Dick. Like, this has to stop. I mean, this can't keep going on. He's Bruce is he's making his way down the Batcave in an elevator, but Bruce has locked it. He's saying, everything's fine. Like, like go upstairs. You don't have to concern yourself with the Batcave right now. You just see Alfred crying, just in the elevator just like kind of yes and like of course Master Bruce like of course and then he's like saying Man, Dick was just a boy and Bruce is all no he wasn't a boy and all that another big problem I have with this is Batman's attitude which I'll get into next is Alfred doesn't make his way to the Batcave we see Bruce and Dick about to have a sparring match and Batman I just really didn't like Batman's dialogue here we had this great moment in Forever Evil 7 where he finds out Dick wasn't killed. And he just gives him an embrace and is so thankful that he's alive. And now he's all pretty much saying, I need to test you to see if they broke you. And i got to find out uh, if you have what it takes to be Nightwing again. And he's giving him a speech like, you were weak to let them catch you. They, call, they captured you. They tortured you. You gave the secrets away to the world. You let them kill you. And I have trained you to live. I didn't train you to die. Like, he's kind of berating him and brute. Dick's all, why are you doing this? What's this about? And Batman's telling about the whole thing with Spiral. Because of Leslie Tompkins told him that he thinks they, they know all the heroes' identities are going to come after him. He needs someone on the inside, and he needs it to be Dick, because he's the only one I can trust. Because for some reason, he thinks if another, he says, I'd have another hero. If I, if I had sent another hero to do that, they wouldn't be able to handle it. They'd end up failing, and they'd work with Spiral. You're the only one who won't. You know what, Tim? I'm going to stop you right there. You know why? Because it's, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever done this in the history of the Bat Fans podcast, going back to Gotham Knights, but just give your rating, man. <laughs> can, I just say so one, sad. can I just say one thing about how dumb this is? It's just yeah, go ahead. They're fighting, the fight scene is ridiculous. They pretty much should be dead or just crippled after the stuff they do to each other. Crashing into the computers, Batman throwing a big dice at Dick's back, falling into the bat Batmobile, into the bat computers, breaking each other's jaws. Oh but then they're perfectly fine. I'll just say this what makes no sense. The dialogue was awful. The interaction they were having with each other was just awful. And then to what makes Bruce or to what make Dick agrees to do this with Bruce, I don't know why, all of a sudden he disagrees. I, I know you want me to stop, but another thing that bugged me, they inserted the classic line from Batman Begins that had no effect whatsoever. Bruce tells Dick, why did we fall? So we learned, so we can learn to get back up. And it was just so out of place. It didn't fit. It just felt so shoehorned in there. So it was just straight up, straight up rip off. Then. Yeah, and then Dick goes, no, that's not true. We fall because someone pushes us. We get back up to push back. 
And I was like, ah. like the whole, you know, Dick became Nightwing to become his own man. But then at the end of the issue, the very last line he says in his monologue is, my name is Dick Grayson. I'm who you need me to be. So he's pretty much still Batman Bruce Lackey. And I just really didn't like that. The portrayal and the interaction they had with each other was awful. And, of course, Bruce or Dick ends up, the issue ends with him going with a spiral agent. So he's in. And that's, of course, when the series is going to pick up. So, yeah, this was awful, disappointing. The relationship between Batman and Nightwing is was just killed here, I thought. It was just really bad. Artwork wasn't good, especially in the beginning with uh, Leslie Tompkins. It was way too cartoony. So this issue is getting one out of five bathrooms that Jake will be reviewing wow. Batman comics from. It was bad. Well, I, I, I'm actually surprised you gave it a one. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I could have gotten a zero, but I did enjoy a little bit of seeing stuff with Leslie Tompkins, even though it didn't really serve the story, and I didn't think it was good enough reason to make Bruce have to go with that spiral organization. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. To, to me, it's kind of like taking, I don't know, Jurassic Park, let's say, or the first Jurassic Park, and remaking it today. That like just scrapping the whole Jurassic World thing mm. and remaking it, and it's bad. This is kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah, because you're taking great characters and you're just making them act like characters. <laughs> That's right, totally right. different. Man, I just hope Kyle Higgins doesn't read this because <laughs> I'm sure it was not what he had in mind for this book to end on. Oh, just so disappointing. No, and I mean James Tinian. What the hell, man? <laughs> and, See, it wasn't even it wasn't him. It was Tim Seeley and Tom King. Oh, it, it, it wasn't James Tinney. He was originally supposed to do it, but I think that even changed. Oh, so yeah, these are the guys. Oh, I, I, I didn't even Grayson. know that. So these guys are doing Grayson, and they didn't install confidence <laughs> with this issue. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not picking up this book. Yeah, I really no. am not. Yeah, uh, you heard enough when I with my review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to stop you, but <laughs> I just had to get out all the bad stuff and dent it out. <laughs> it, it's kind of like a knife going slowly into your heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> yeah, um, but hopefully, Batman number thirty-one was better. Oh yes, <laughs> this, <laughs> I read this after I read Nightwing, and it kind of wiped away the bad taste. Well, that's good. Yeah, so this issue, um, Bruce, or I should say Bruce, Batman, Gordon, and Lucius Fox are attempting to finally take down the Riddler when they need to track down his location to finally stop him in his plans. And so the plan is because Riddler has this thing every day. He wants to see if someone will challenge him with a riddle that he can't solve. And if they do, he'll make everything back to normal. He'll give the city back to him, or so he says. So the plan is Batman is going to, challenge him with a riddle while Gordon and Lucius Fox uh, do what they need to do to place a tracker on his uh, line to find out his location. So, and then of course, as Scott Snyder usually does, there's a flashback sequence with Bruce in school where his professor is asking him a question and Bruce doesn't want to answer it because it's he's always thinking about his parents' deaths. And that ties into the main story here, which Scott Snyder does so brilliantly <laughs> time and time again. And so it's good to see it connect there, but I just love the dialogue Batman has with uh, Big Mo. I mean, Snyder does, he did a great job with the Joker. He did a great job with other villains that we've seen in the past. So he's doing it again now with the Riddler. Both of, like, two of the smartest people on the planet, really, Batman and Riddler going at it and matching wits. 
and calling each other out and kind of each one saying how they're better than the other. And it's really good to see Snyder as a master with dialogue, and he continues it here with Batman and Riddler. And it kind of comes to this suspense, too, where it turns out they, Lucius Fox thinks they need Batman to distract him for 10 minutes so they can trace the call or to trace his location. But it turns out when they all get hooked up, it's going to actually take 20 minutes. So they're all telling Batman, leave now. He's going to drop you into that pit. You'll never stump him for 20 minutes. But Batman thinks he can. But what's So you're kind of like as you're reading it, you're going, oh, man, are you going to make it in time? There's no way. <laughs> like, what's going to happen with Batman? So he doesn't make it in time. Riddler throws him into the pit. But in typical Batman fashion, that doesn't stop him. And it's like Nygma's kind of surprised. So what's in that pit with these two lions there who pretty much eats anyone who Riddler sends down there. So Riddler thinks that'll stop him. But then, of course, Batman was able to defeat the lions and they able to buy enough time to get Alfred and Lucius to track Nygma's location. But what I liked about it, too, was, like I said, we got the interaction between that and the flashback with Bruce's professor. What I really like that sequence because you really got into what Bruce is thinking, kind of going back to what we said, we really n- never saw too many moments with Batman as a kid or in high school. So as this professor is telling Bruce to answer this question, he's all, please pick someone else. He's like, no, like, we're not leaving this class until you answer the question. All of the students are dependent on you. Then we're kind of see from Bruce's perspective what he's thinking about. And we see his kids, like it's all the coloring is black and white, and we see the kids he's looking at covered with blood because all he's thinking about in his head is his parents' murder. And I just love how that's still at that age, that's on his, all he can think about, and it's on his mind. Kind of what we're talking about earlier, how that's still his determination to fulfill that promise that he made to his parents. And what's cool about it is that we get the parallel where those kids in school were depending on him just to make it out of class. The people trapped in Gotham are depending on Batman to defeat the Riddler and make it through the trap that he has set for him. Because we see one panel that shows the flashback and one panel that shows the citizens just saying, like, in tears, saying, please, Batman, make it. And so he does. And then it kind of, I like it how Nygma doesn't want to say he's impressed, but, you know, deep down he really is, and he doesn't know what he's up against with Batman. So it was pretty cool. The issue ends with Gordon helping him out getting out of that lion's pit as Riddler tried to trap him in there with a bunch of smashed-out cars to trap him, but it doesn't. So this is another great issue. I just love the dynamic between Batman and the Riddler, the suspense it had, and how it tied into the flashback. So another solid issue to Zero Year. And I'm surprised it's going by pretty fast because it said there's only two more issues left. So it's going to be over in the next two months. But So this one I'll go ahead and give four out of five bathrooms that Jake will be reviewing Batman Comics from. That's good. At least... At least Batman is still good. Yeah. <laughs> we can always count on that. How far have you went to zero year? Have you made it too far into it yet? Um, I am one issue behind. Okay. Not uh, not 30, but 29. Okay, so now you're two, because this was 31. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You're in for so I'm not that far. <laughs> yeah. Again, and you know what's so great uh, about doing the the show on Friday before I can read my comics <laughs> is the fact that, like, I usually, I mean, Tim and I pretty much have the same taste in comics and movies and everything else. Some Batman so, like, if, series episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you give something a bad review, I don't have to buy it. I can just ignore it because I know I won't like it because Tim didn't like it, so... That's why I like not reading my comics before we do the show. 
Spoilers, I'll catch you as long as you know it's good. Yeah, just as long as I know it's good and I'm not wasting my money, even even if it's only three dollars. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, how about we do the Batman Beyond thing? Oh, Batman. sorry, Batman Eternal. Yeah. Yeah, the Batman Beyond recap will come once I finish this next arc, which has been amazing. <laughs> I'll, that, I'll say that right now. But Batman Eternal issues eight and nine. I'll say it's kind of returned the series back to form because the last three issues, I would say, weren't that great to me. They were kind of focusing on characters and story points that really didn't grab me, but these two issues focus on the heart of it, which is Falcone trying to take over Gotham City and him corrupting the police force. The last issue left off with him destroying uh, Penguin's Iceberg Lounge and Casino. I just love the intro where we get kind of like a monologue or a sequence that does that play out of Batman taking out all of Falcone's men. We see him trying to loot Penguin's Iceberg Lounge under the ocean. Batman stops him. We see them taking out his men throughout Gotham City and police chases. And this, um, a great interrogation scene with Batman having with one of Falcone's men. And we get the it cuts back and forth with this guy uh, telling Falcone that he ran into Batman. And we're actually seeing how Batman's threatening him and telling him, like, tell like, Falcone to watch out. This is my city. He's not going to take it. And then, of course, the big thing is that he has Commissioner Fours on his payroll. So, and he's any bat criminal that Batman takes in or leaves for the Gotham PD, he's ordering them to set them free and let them uh, run about. Anyone taken in by Batman, they'll just set free. There was this cool moment where Bullock and this new, uh, the new cop that Gordon hired in, uh, <laughs> I'm blanking on his name, Bard. That's what it is. Bard Gordon brought him in right before he got put in jail. So uh, Bullock and Bard had this conversation. It was like, we're not allowed to take him in. What are we supposed to do with him? I'll go ahead and cut him up. Bullock's all, no, we may not be able to take him in jail, but there's no way I'm letting these criminals back out on the street. They can make make it out of this their own way. So I just like how Bullock kind of has to follow the rules. He knows deep down that he still needs to trust in Batman and kind of not follow the rules exactly and take these people and just set them free, even though that's orders from the commissioner. He's still kind of just wants to leave them there. So I just kind of still still on that Bullock still on Batman's side, even though the commissioner is not. And then the the big thing is that Batman finds out that Falcone, he wants to know why he's in Gotham, and he learns that uh, he had, before he came back to Gotham, he was in Tokyo. So he needs to find out what made him come back. But before that, he finds out that all the criminals he's capturing, they're being released and not be put in jail. So he has to go find out why from the Commissioner Forbes. And he has this cool confrontation where Forbes is trying to lure him onto the Gotham PD tower with the bat signal. And because uh, Falcone tells him, okay, this has to stop. Batman can stop messing with my organization. Just take him down now. So Forbes sets out this trap. So when Batman comes, they're going to have – they're surrounded by SWAT officers. But uh, the new Lieutenant Bard, he secretly helps Batman out in his own way. He tells his unit to fire the smoke pellets too early, and that pretty much helps Batman out. Or the other SWAT team officers can't see, and Batman takes them all out. And him and uh, Batman and Bard have this look at each other where Batman knows that he did this to help him out. And so he knows, comes to the realization, well, pretty much all the Gotham PD is against me, thanks to this new commissioner. I at least have someone who's on my side where I thought I had nobody. So I like the kind of the small hinting that like a new ally that Batman could have during this time while Commissioner Gordon's in jail. So it, the issue ends with Batman making his way to uh, Hong Kong, actually. I think I said Tokyo before, but it's actually Hong Kong. Then the only other part about this issue 
Was that? It's two different places. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I got confused. But, well, we did get another sequence with Stephanie Brown, which we're, which we're getting more of. But we learned that her parents are working together as criminals, and they're both trying to kill her. And they had an attempt at a drive-by, which was it was a, meant to shoot her while she was on the phone, because her mother knew that's where she was calling for help for him. But at the last moment, like, like a little too, I don't know, too convenient, some guy comes out of his, hey, get out of the payphone. I need to use it. And as soon as he pulls her out, that's when the drive-by happens. And she survived because she got pulled out of the way, but the person got killed who <laughs> took her out of the payphone. So I was like, okay, I know they needed to have her survive, but that was a little too convenient, it seemed, or too uh, coincidental that the moment she gets thrown out of the payphone, the guy gets shot by the drive-by. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll buy it. But this made me think that's a little too convenient. <laughs> So this issue was good. I'll give issue uh, number eight uh, four out of five bathrooms that Jake will be reviewing comics from. Then issue number nine was all about Batman in Hong Kong, which was pretty cool. It's a pretty much a cool action ex- issue where he's taking on these different uh, organizations, crime bosses out in Hong Kong, and he meets up with uh, the Batman of Japan. Uh, see, I'm looking at his name, too. I'm going to grab the issue and look it out. Jiro, that was the name. I think we remember from Batman Incorporated from the early issues. So he does basically finds out, or Nisa finds out, what did Falcone do here? Why did he leave Hong Kong and come to Gotham? I need to know his operations. So he turns out he was in a gang war with someone else in Hong Kong. So Batman goes to confront this guy. And, like, why did Falcone just end up and leave in the middle of the gang war you were having? And he tells him, well, we actually came to an agreement. He would let me, like, take control of the operations and the crime organization here in Hong Kong, well, he makes his way into Gotham, but he'd really oversee, like, he'd pretty much, this other crime lord would still be under Falcone's control, but it would look like he's in control. So it turns out Batman takes him down, and he's exposed as a fraud. Well, he'll lose his credibility in the criminal organization, where he finds out that he was under Falcone's payroll and just, like, following his orders, really, when he didn't defeat him. So this book mainly has some great action sequences with Batman and uh, Jiro, the Batman of Japan. But the big shock ending for this issue was that there was a secret agent who was after this crime lord too. But before she goes, like, no, Batman, you can't interfere. This guy's mine. I'll take him down. But while she's saying that, she gets stabbed in the back by this guy. And there was a cool fight sequence between him and Batman. (laughs) Where uh, Nightwing had all the wrong dialogue (laughs) with Batman. This one had all the right dialogue, where you see Batman taking down this guy who thinks he's tougher than him. He's all like, I wasn't going to hurt you, but since you just stabbed this girl, like, now I'm really going to hurt you. And he's all like, I'll never talk. And he just keeps, like, smacking him, punching him in the face. And he's like, you'll never think, you'll never get anything out of it. Before he can finish this, Batman kicks him and just doing things you expect Batman to do to get that information. This guy ends up caving, of course, like, I'll talk, I'll talk, please stop. <laughs> and so... Batman defeats him, but then he has, makes a call to Alfred on his way back, saying, like, we're going to have a guest. We have this woman here and needs medical attention. And Alfred's all like, you really think it's a good idea to bring someone in <laughs> to Gotham with everything that's going on with the crime war with Falcone? He's all, like, for this person it is. Like, her name is Julia Pennyworth. And then it ends with Alfred with this big, like, shocked face, like, okay, <laughs> what's this about? Is it his daughter or a niece or Something, I don't know, it's going to have some relation and probably connect to his past as a secret agent. So, looking forward to see where that goes. So, this is another solid issue. I'd probably give this one three and a half out of five bathrooms that Jake will be reviewing Batman comics from. Probably didn't enjoy it as much as number eight, but a good continuation and 
like I said, I thought it got the series back on track from a few lackluster issues. So definitely excited yeah. about it again. <laughs> At least her, her first name wasn't Barbara. So, <laughs> and the last name wasn't Wilson. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess that's it. We're, we're finally done here, Tim. We can, we can finally uh, take showers. <laughs> and go to sleep. I go to sleep. Um, so. I was just going to say, the night's still young. We're not going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to dance, Tim. <laughs> you got to dance for like the next five hours, and then you're ready to go to sleep, right? I won't even dance for a minute. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just want to remind you to go over to tweakedaudio.com, and you can place your order there, and when you check out... You just enter in the promo code TV saves and you can save uh, 33% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping. And also, you can just click on the banner on the top of the website, uh, the BatmanUniverse.org. Not org. Not org. BatmanUniverse.net. And it'll take you right over to the website. You can buy some headphones, check out, enter TV saves and save 33% off and get free worldwide shipping. So, just go and do that. Uh, but go over to BatmanUniverse.net. Uh, follow the Batman Universe on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse. And follow... I screwed it up, didn't I, Tim? <laughs> Just keep going. You had it going. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you can also uh, follow the Batman Universe at on Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at BatmanUniverse. You can follow all of us on Twitter. And... Our Twitter handles are, or Tim's tw- Twitter handles at TimG311, and mine is Dane says Banana. Uh, you can find us, also find us on iTunes, and we're still looking for an even number on our reviews. And you can review all the other Batman Universe podcasts as well over there. So review us, man. It'd be great. It'd be fun. It'd be <laughs> a great <laughs> thing to do. It'd be <laughs> <lots of fun. laughs> Yeah, and you can email us. Uh, your questions like Jake and Corbin and Alec uh, at uh, badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And now, oh, I, I screwed it up. Um, and you can, uh, you can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash badfanspodcast. So with that, goodbye, everybody. We love you. Goodbye. We love you so very, very much that we cannot live without you so thank you for listening we just love you so much you know every time I'm feeling lonely I'll be like hey our listeners love us <laughs> right Tim <laughs> everything you said and more <laughs> yeah so that's goodbye everybody we love you <laughs> you're not doing this on Boys,
Yeah.